I want to remind you that we do have a, a hospitality table. Is there anyone here that's here for the first time? Okay, welcome. Okay, okay, we have a few of you. Well, our session is about coaching, coaching skills, and we're going to go over just a little brief um, um, summary of what we've been doing this week, but I, I just want to point out that we have a hospitality table that's been set up by Madeline Hamlin, and it's to help us when we're doing the Unlock Revelation, and we are offering healthy snacks. Uh, I think that there were some challenges at some of the churches, and the, the one that she had featured for today is something as simple as buying a, a healthy version of popcorn, and then they made these little boxes out of beautiful paper, and inside they put some granola. And so that was a feature for one of the evenings, is this is what the... Uh, is what was being served. So it's all finger foods. If you would like a handout of all these ideas for 24 nights, you can sign up in the back and we'll, we'll give you, we'll send you a handout, but we've run out of them. And then each night there is infused water. Did anybody notice what was in the water today? Blackberries. So we've had lemons and limes and mint and blackberries, and, and so instead of punch and high sugar stuff, there's a, there's a refreshing difference. Uh, and if it's, a, if it's a cold evening, have a hot herb tea, or you could even have a cold herb tea if you like. But we really appreciate that, uh, some ideas on how to make things very beautiful and delicious. And in the back, John Rocker is with us. And uh, he is a nurse in surgery and sees the results on the inside of lifestyle choices. He assists, he's the first assistant for brain and spinal surgery at uh, Borges Hospital. And um, anyway, he has two methods that you can do health ministry in your church without having to speak. You do it on a board um, or you can do it on a PowerPoint presentation. Uh, today is, how healthy are you? And there's a nice little quiz that goes with that. So uh, we've got a lot of features, different things to assist in different areas. And Joanne is going to, um, to, to talk to us. Are we doing the review first? Okay, so we're going to talk a little bit about, well, Joanne, what is coaching? What have we been talking about this week? Or maybe we should ask them. That's exactly what I was going to ask them. Okay, what's your definition? And, and what, just, are, okay, what are you... So, we have this dear sister over here that this is our first time here. And so three how about, people. oh, three, mm -hmm. Where were, are you one? Mm -hmm. oh. Okay. So who would, who would um, just give a short, concise, like one sentence definition of what coaching is? That cute boy in the back. Okay. okay. The good looking one. Oh, forward. And that's a prime word there, isn't it? Moving forward. Forward. Okay. What was that cute boy was my husband, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, um, listening and reflecting. Listening. Intentional listening and reflecting. Okay, what is intentional listening? That's where you're listening. You're listening and not thinking about what you're gonna say back. That's all we're gonna get. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> Listening to them. Okay. One comment? Asking questions where others come up with their own conclusions. Okay. Hit the panic button. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. So Joanne is going to lead us through a little bit of review here and open up with a devotion. Okay, so yes, though we just mentioned those three core coaching skills, and which one is the, did we go through all three of them? No. Okay, we just looked at the listening one? Well, we really just mentioned it. Okay, well, which of those three core coaching skills, and we call these doing skills, we're going to look at doing skills. All week we've looked at doing skills and being skills. These are the doing skills. Which of those three is the most important? Yes, the intentional listening is, is really the, the key one. 
But the, um, <clears throat> so let's get some more, just, just one example of, of what are we talking about when we're saying percep perceptive reflections? What's a reflection? What's an example of a reflection? Repeating back what you heard them say. Saying, uh-huh, yeah, really? Mm. Oh, that's interesting. Tell me more. <laughs> Just getting them going. And, and saying, Nodding. <laughs> what I think I heard you saying is, you know, those are what you would call a simple like type reflection. Summarize what they've said. Yeah, or a summary. Um, or you can go more complex, which is, is a good thing to be able to do at least part of the time is to make it more complex where you're, you're making notice of not just what you heard them say, but what you're, what you're perceiving based on the conversation. Maybe there's something that they haven't actually said yet, but that you're kind of reading into where they're at, what their concerns might be, what you're reading in their body language. And so it really takes to, to, to be perceptive. You have to not be thinking about what you're going to say next. You have to be careful about any, uh, evaluations that you're making about this person, but that you're, um, really trying to focus in on them, make them number one. And then. And do people know if they're being made number one or not? How do you know if you're number one? Because you're listening without all the other stuff around you. You're being heard, aren't you? Listening without all the other stuff around you. So you have the, we need to do this the eye contact, keeping your eyes on them instead of wandering all around. Very good. And then, and then the um, open-ended questions. What's the opposite of that? Yes, no. Yeah. The yes, no questions is the opposite, isn't it? Are you okay? Yes. You know what that's <laughs> yes. What's the difference between reflection and clarification? Okay. What's the difference between clarification and reflection? Is that your question? Well, there's not a lot of difference, really, because your reflection could be a clarification right. yeah. of trying to understand. Yeah, to clarify. And you're also, you know, you're not just clarifying for yourself, which you are, but you're you're helping them clarify for themselves. Yeah. Did that I understand be. what you were saying? And so you make the, the, what you think you heard, and then if you're right, they're going to go, yeah. And if you're wrong, they're going to go, uh-uh, that's not what I mean. Yes. And so these are skills that are not just for, you know, what we're calling Christian coaching here, but these are skills for people that you meet every day. These are p skills for at home, you know, these... This is really, to me, just such a beautiful way to communicate with people. It's so much more powerful and effective in, in creating relationships than, than conversations that are, are, are not this way. <laughs> this is the way to do it. <laughs> and you felt that in your life. Yes. Yeah. Yep. It's fun okay. to share it. Okay, so next, these, so those were the doing skills. Those were the three core doing skills. And the then things we, that you do. Mm -hmm. And now we're looking back again at the being, how we are with people. Um, so affirming, you know, when people feel that, that affirmation from us that we are, we are understanding them. You know, it doesn't matter. Maybe we're not agreeing with them but we're still showing that we respect them for where they're at and we, we're hearing them and, and we're going to affirm that. Warmth, being calm, courageous. What does that mean? How can you be courageous? How can you be as courageous a as a skill? Yeah, as a being skill in a conversation with somebody, in a coaching situation, how can you be courageous? <coughs> Any ideas? Sometimes we have these intuitive feelings about something that maybe they're not saying, but you're sensing, and so you speak it, you, you, you verbalize it, and you say, it sounds like you're saying, and then you, you, make, you go with this intuitive, what you think is going on there, and 
making that statement. Yeah, How else? and maybe they haven't really said that they're concerned about something, but they've they've talked about related. You know, you you can just tell that there's something that they have on their mind, and you might in you might demonstrate some courage along with some kindness, and maybe you'll say, "Sounds like you might be concerned about your diabetes." You know, your they didn't say that, but you're taking the courage to ask them some of these questions in a in a graceful way. Okay, and then being authentic or genuine, people can tell. Like yesterday, when Donna and I, when Donna was coaching me, I could see her her genuineness. She was she was being Donna. You know, she wasn't trying to be. Joanne or Evelyn or anybody else, she was being herself. And that, that was very reassuring to me. Um, playful. Now, you know, it's not all gloom and doom or serious when we're, when we're coaching people or when we're getting acquainted with people. We need to, they need to see our, our happiness. They, we need to be on the playful side now and then. It's, it is appropriate. Or having this, um, enthusiasm, zest, energy. What does enthusiasm mean? The definition of enthusiasm. You know? It means excitement. It means what? Energy? The last part, I am soul myself. <laughs> I am soul myself. It, I, it means that uh, God's spirit is in you. Enthusiasm, if you look at the root words. Yes, and then the next one, empathy. We've, we've put a big emphasis here on the word empathy. Of, of, um, it's, the, it's that respectful care and concern of people. Um, we are hearing what they're saying, and we are entering into it as best we can, but our focus remains on them. We don't turn around and say, oh, yeah, that's exactly how I feel. Let and me let me tell, tell you, you when. Uh-huh. <laughs> now there's times to tell, you, you know, ask. to share. You know, I have a story. Would you like to, for me to share uh, my experience? That's a, that's a different, people get ready for it then instead of feeling like that they're being told what to do, asking permission. Yeah, and it's not like if you show, if I show that empathy with the first thing that they say, you know, I reflect empathetically. And then, and, and that doesn't give me license to the next, after their next statement, then to go to my story. <laughs> it's, it's to stay with them, stay focused on, on them, and, and so that they feel heard. And you have a story burning right inside you. <laughs> Zip it. <laughs> Keep focused. Yeah. Okay. Um, the last one here is being highly aware or sensitive. Now, you know, we've, all of these things kind of clo- fit together here, but but staying very aware of the other person. Um, again, watching their body language, watching you know just how they're standing or where their eye gaze is or what the look is in their eyes. You know, have they lost their sparkle? Just watching them, the expression, their mouth is that a real smile? All of those things are going to tell you about that person. And also when they hit the, what we call generative moment, where they go, oh, yes, you can see the brightness of their face. And yeah, the path does look uh, bright. And I really can make it through this. And that's exciting to watch. What's it like to have these conversations with people? I know you all have. And tell me just... Give me, tell me something about what it's like for you to have, just a second here, and I'll get to, what is it like for you when you've had a meaningful conversation like this with somebody? What's it do for you? I'm sorry? Yeah. Yeah, I just, I mean, just asking people. We say in church, or you say in church, you're giving hope. You're saying that. P- you, you're giving hope. Yeah, all that that's there, yeah. the being skilled, the funding, the more income, the courageous, I'm putting it in one word. Hope. hope. Nice. Somebody up. Yeah. That's right. Wonderful. Because if when people have 
No matter how bad it is, if they have hope, if you show or share or empathize with me and listen, as messed up my arm can be cut off. No matter how messed up you are. If you give me some hope, I'll live through it. If you have hope, you can live through it no matter what. It won't be because I didn't have the hope when you were there actually tugging the rope trying to help me with it. And that's uh-huh. within the capsule. That's what that has come across to me. Hope. Great. Hope. Thank you. Somebody else, what's it like for you? When you've had a meaningful conversation, what does it do for you? Our story this morning in um, the worship, the 7 o'clock meeting, he was talking about Jesus on the road to Emmaus and how he asked the questions and asked the questions. And pretty soon, you know, these guys are getting really excited, excited. But he kept asking the questions and created hope Mm. And and, uh, when they were pretty devastated. It's a rewarding feeling when you use these skills. Perfect. Yeah, Donna. The health lectures, you're not always real sure, but when you do this kind of interaction, you can witness it. If you see those aha moments, it's really exciting. How many have felt energized by those relationships, by those conversations? Creates a lot of energy. Great. Okay. Now, we, we have, we just, Evelyn and I, we're coming back, we're bringing this back again. We've, Kept hitting on this 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 week, but um, finding people's values, what's really important to him them, and this is a quote from the uh, coaching psychology manual. It says, "One's values, when clearly articulated and kept in view, are what keep them going in the face of big and small challenges." And so, again, you know, when somebody says, "Oh, I need to lose weight." And, um, and so then you talk about, well, how are you, how are you going to do that? Um, you know, what's, what are you going to do f- to make that happen? To go from what they want to how they're going to do it, you're missing, you're missing a very important point, a very important step. We need to, we need to talk with people and find out why something's important to them. If they don't really connect with the, with why it's important to them, when those challenges come and when those bad days come and when you feel bored or busy or whatever, it, those, those, um, goals are going to go right out the door. And so bringing out and going back to why, why this is important. And I just remembered that you had your hand up. Well, I, I guess you would call this coach. But it's really helped me uh, with my daughter to repeat back what she has The reflections said. that you've had in conversations with your daughter has really been helpful. quite frequently what I thought she said is not what she said. So oh, when you yeah. check it out and go, is this what you mean? She goes, no, that's not what I mean. I mean something I else. I, I didn't say that. Uh-huh. So, so that's not really coaching, but it... It's a part of coaching to do that reflection, yes. Definitely. It avoids a lot of misconceptions and errors and, and assumptions that we have. Being curious, what do they really mean? So let's talk about some examples of values. Since that's value? kind of an abstract word, what would be a value? What's a high value for you? What's a value that you have in your life? Exercise is a value because what will exercise do for you? So uh, uh, it's, it's fun. So it's entertainment, it's fun, social. So you feel like exercise is something that needs more attention. When you've got the good diet and you've got exercise, you've got a good, good thing going. Yes? So if you're only going to choose one healthy habit, choose exercise because it helps enhance the rest. So exercise can cover a lot of those healthy habits. 
when done Good. optimally. What's some more examples of values? Do you have another value? Something that's really important to you? Yes, Don. Want to have energy and feel good. Okay, that's value. Having peace of mind. And why is that important as a value? It helps you to get through trying times and helps to just kind of put those negative people in the back burner. Mm -hmm. Peace of mind. What do you do? I have to repeat this. What do you do when someone comes to you and they admire the way you're living and want to know more about it? Okay, what do, what do you think? How do you, how do you approach that? So every Sabbath, this question comes up of how do you live this healthy lifestyle? So they're admiring what makes you look good and feel good and have energy, and, uh, and you're trying to share this with them, and you're wondering how to be more effective in doing that? You, why do these people keep asking me this thing? Why do you think they keep asking you this thing? <laughs> Is it male or female making these? <laughs> Uh, yes, over here. So you have someone who comes to your church, and they really don't, I mean, they don't come to church service, but they come to the function, and they'll take one person to the side and just monopolize the conversation. Why do, what do you think is going on there? He has a tremendous need to be heard. It could go on for hours and hours. So there could be... So we have talked about the need for therapy and counseling and other things that if there is an issue that is beyond what coaching will do. You know, it sounds like that you understand that he has a need to talk, but sometimes things are at a level that perhaps uh, having a therapist or someone who has similar training that's in your church could guide in that situation. Okay, so we're talking about values, and we're naming a few of the important values in our life. And why do we want to know what our values are? Our value, Like it says here, when we can identify what's important to us, what our values are, when we can hang on to those in our minds, what we know our values are, then when we're faced with challenges, when we're faced with, um, you know, things happening that get, could throw us off track, we can remember what our values are. A value I have is, um, is that I realize that my body is a temple. And that covers so much of the decision that I have in my life. And I'll look back over the week and I'll go, how have I taken care of the temple? <laughs> have I, you know, and what, as I look forward to the next week, are there things that I can improve upon so that I can enjoy this vibrant health and energy and being of service and having the energy to serve? And, uh, and so I can look at my behavior in the past and find out, am I really living up to my values? And then I can say, okay, how do I move forward? How, if my relationship with God is a value to me, then that means I'm going to be spending some time nurturing that relationship. And how in this week ahead can I nurture that? One example. Is service a value? Can you, what, what makes you think it is for you? Service, because if you're not thinking about just yourself, what you're getting out of it and what you're putting forth, if you're not just thinking about yourself, you're thinking about others, that is a way to exemplify the life of Jesus. And what comes with service? Is there a benefit to you to serve? I feel more accomplished when I do something like that in my job. So it's a, it, there's a lot of benefit of just feeling um, excited that you can cooperate with God and he allows you that experience I mean, the angels could do all of this, but he allows us to do it, and we feel really privileged and happy to be able to do that. 
we are to walk in his path, and that's what he did. Yeah, so that's like being an example, isn't it? So an example is a value. Being a good example, being a role model is another type of a value. Being a blessing to other people. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a good value, example of a value. And so the other thing we were talking about here, we talked about three things that to, to help bring out for a person that's making changes, their values and their strengths. And so here's a definition regarding the strengths. The change process is much more likely to succeed if we identify and stay connected to the strengths and abilities that have proven successful in other parts of their lives. Building on, what, building on what's working now is a key coaching approach. And so <clears throat> these strengths, these abilities that have, have helped us to have success in our lives, recognizing these strengths, what are they? We've, we've had a list of strengths before um, this week. And, and so looking at our strengths and building on them, they're, they're working for us. And how can we help them to, to, to move us forward? Remember what some of those strengths are? I put up some that Dr. Nedley had in his book that he was recognizing. There's a lot of strengths. But Ruth, what were you going to say? Leadership is a strength. Creativity. Persistence. Gratitude. Gratitude is a big one. Kindness. Being organized. And you look at your, you look at your work environment where you have been successful, and you go, what are the strengths that I have in my work environment? I'm organized. I can get, you know, I can make lists of things to do. I can show up on time. I can set a goal and reach it. And bringing out those strengths and go, you know, I do want to lose a few pounds. How many like to experiment and be creative? So quite a few people in here Mm -hmm. have have that characteristic that Mm -hmm. of being creative. And so um, I've done that. I've I've used the because I like to be creative. I like to experiment in the kitchen. I you know I have a couple cookbooks. I a don't. Couple of cookbooks. She's got a whole bunch of great cookbooks. Well, I mean, I, I <laughs> don't. How many crockpots do you have? <laughs> <laughs> I I have probably I've kind of cut back a little bit, but I'm I'm probably around twenty five. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> she she experiments just a little bit. <laughs> I don't. I'm cooking isn't something I'm really crazy about, but I love to experiment. I love to. I took a class in, in college in um, economics. Oh, you know, I couldn't imagine a more boring class. But that was the same summer that I became a vegetarian. And I decided I was going to learn how to sprout. And I had, I read about sprouting. It says, in order to sprout your sprouts, you have to rinse them every four hours. I had cleaned out my mom's cupboards of dishes. And I had like 30 jars of different seeds in there. And, and it says you have to rinse them every four hours. I slept on the couch and I set a timer. And every four hours I rinsed those babies. And then I, I measured them and I charted their growth during economics class. <laughs> those were happy sprouts, don't you think? It was so much fun, you know. And so that was the way I was experimenting. And I was, I was just, and you know, and I took that love for experimentation and I applied it to my desire now to be become healthier, learn how to eat healthy. So, yeah, and they tasted good. Sure. And the crazy thing was, I only had nylons. You know, all these cut up nylons. You know how long it takes to drain sprouts that are water's draining through a nylon? Did you oh. learn some persistence and patience? Oh, how to sleep deprivation. <laughs> so anyway. Oh, I use um, I use a um, what do you call it? It's not window screen. It looks like window screen, but it's it's not. You hardware cloth. That's what you can get at at the hardware store, and in big, you can get yards of it, <laughs> which I've done. <laughs> come visit you. <laughs> so, thinking about some other strengths, what comes to your mind? What are you shaking your head like this for? <laughs> oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> She's written a book on crockpot cooking. Some people buy shoes. <laughs> <laughs> She invites people over to eat. Oh, tell me. Oh. I have used all of them, or, or practically all of them at the same time. Yeah. You have the, you have the uh, strength of curiosity, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> okay. We could spend a few hours on that one, too. Buy your cookbook on crockpot so, cooking. <laughs> so you can see how... You know, if you tap into some strengths, like hope might be a strength of yours. Maybe it's something that you've developed in your life of being able to have hope in, in, in a crisis or when things are very discouraging around you. Um, or a sense of purpose is, is a character strength. And um, does that resonate with somebody here, having a sense of purpose? Knowing where you're going. Why are we here? Knowing what, yeah. Ten years ago, I was working with hospice. Ten years ago, you were working with hospice. And as a volunteer. As a volunteer. And the part was we had to relieve the caregivers. So you were relieving the caregivers in hospice? And I never will forget the one experience that still stuck in my mind. You went to someone's home. And the guy said, oh, no. Oh, no. What are you doing here? You're not a health professional. That's what I was saying. I trust myself. Get him off himself. Get him So you thought, let's, let's get him to talking. Be more comfortable. Wow. Yeah. So what was your strategy? My strategy was keep him talking. Keep him talking. Talk the history of his life. Ask him about his life and what he wanted to accomplish. Wow. And that gave, and he, he saw a sense of purpose there. Yeah. And so you keep asking questions and they keep on talking. Did that endear them to you? Did you develop a close relationship with these people that you did this with? Yes. Yes, and, and during our sessions here, it's brought back some memories on what you were doing, kind of naturally. Some of this is a natural thing in some people's personality. And can you see how this brings out stories? Lots of stories. And, and you know, when you, can tell, when you can tell your own story, it's, it's like, it's really nice. And you see how God has worked in your life. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And so connecting people with their values, draw it out of them. You know, and they might, they might start out with kind of a shallow value. Like yesterday, Donna asked me why I wanted to do knee exercises. Because I, I want stronger knees, you know. But then she asked me more. And, and it, you, you'll find, you, you get deeper in yourself of why something is really important to you. Why you want to make this change. More ideas. And that's what people have to have. And then when you, and then when you can bring in some of these strong points, some of their successes from the past, some of their strengths, just by asking them, you know, these questions and then reflecting. Keep those reflections going. Two reflections at least for every question. You don't want them to feel interrogated. So you want to keep doing that. And then, then the third area, so we've got these three areas uh, that you're going to, going to help somebody to explore that wants to make a change in their life. Explore their values, explore their strengths, Bring out stories with those things. This brings out past successes. And then the third thing is their environment. Um, I was just so, it was so cool because Dr. DeRose brought out how that, the, that research can show that people, depending on, you know, with obesity or with weight problems, it might not so much be their food choices, but who they hang around with. Mm -hmm. And so that's an environment. Well, both of those are environment. But, but you know, so it's not just, it, it, you have to explore their whole environment, their, their, in, what, what they live what's, in. What's visual, internal environment and how yes. we're thinking, the people, the places, 
uh, you know, if the donuts draw you, there's a cartoon that said the two women walking past the donut shop and one says to the other, let's just go in and see what happens. <laughs> if you just go in and see what happens, what's going to happen? <laughs> yeah, so, so this is a key point. If you don't coach the environment, you're really missing a very, very significant part of what's going to help them make this change and maintain this change. All right, so that um, so the the uh, brings me to the devotional here, and so this was a slide we had yesterday that shows some of the character strengths, and these are the ones that Dr. Nedley highlights in his Optimize Your Brain, and he it makes this comment at the bottom of the the screen there, the endeavor to build these characters characteristics will strengthen the frontal lobe and lead to an optimized brain. So if your frontal lobe was pinging away at a better rate, how is that going to make you a better person? What's it going to enable you to do if your frontal lobe is more uh, efficient? What's that? Think quicker. Think quicker, think better. Yep. So you're going to have your own personal benefits starting to have more of these other strengths, developing the other strengths. So developing one strength can actually help us to be stronger and develop other strengths. So it's helping us, and it also, as we notice what it does for us, then we will be able to draw that out from somebody else. If you haven't experienced it yourself, I'll never forget, one of my friends just spent less than 10 minutes with me, and it's been four years ago, three or four years ago, and she asked me, you know, why it was important to me to eat, and this wasn't the exact question, but it had to do with eating and eating healthfully and why it was important to me. And nobody had asked me that before. She asked me that question within just a few minutes, I, it just went so deep into my core of why I wanted that, that I'll never forget that. It's still, even though I don't remember exactly what I said, I know that it had to do with my desire to be um, representing God. I wanted to, to honor God, and I wanted to be able to be a better help to other people. We are looking for that complete restoration where we can... We can be Jesus' hands and eyes and, and be the, the light that we have been called to be. And that is part, a piece of that is developing these strengths. Yeah, and so you, you need to have that experience yourself of, of somebody, you know, doing this with you. Or even you can coach yourself and, and do this. You, you ask the, yourself these questions, just like what we have on our papers, rather than somebody else asking you. You ask yourself, why is this important to me? And write it down. Uh, yeah. I use this all the time with stress management. And uh, when I feel like I'm getting stressed up, stressed out, I'll say, what will make me calm? What will help me to get through the next few days uh, so that I can accomplish the things I need to accomplish? How can I, how can I reach beyond the feeling that I have right now. I ask myself these same questions. How can I live a a more healthful lifestyle this week? How can I get to bed on time uh, a little earlier tomorrow night because last night didn't go so well? What can I do? What are the strategies? Um, um, How how can I enhance my environment so that it's easier for me to make positive choices? I ask myself these questions all the time. And when you ask the question, you come up with an answer. It, it, it is not hokey. It's like, oh, oh, oh. We talk to ourselves all the time. Uh, what do you say when you talk to yourself? You know, and we can change those conversations. To, instead of being stress-producing, they can be stress-resolving. And it sounds like you take the time to do that. I've seen that that is an important value in my life, that because, value. because it has helped me in the past, I know it's going to help me in the future. Yeah. So it's practicing and seeing the results. Success breeds success. Yeah. It worked. 
works. Mm -hmm. It works. Mm -hmm. And when, when I'm getting upset, one, one of the things that goes on in our house, I have an absolutely adorable husband. I don't know how many of you have seen him, but he is cute as can be and a sweetheart. But he's not always a sweetheart. <laughs> and sometimes he doesn't like the way I do things because I'm messy in the kitchen and, you know, I've got all kinds of faults. But if he's fussing at me at something, I ask myself, what do I love about Peter? Wow. And because the list is really long. Right now, I could just strangle him. But what do I love about my husband? And the list is so long that it helps to, to taper down that little bit of a sarcastic or criticism or whatever came out of his mouth. I know he's not trying to hurt my feelings. But it does hurt my feelings. So you sometimes. say, oh, Peter, I just love the way you notice what I'm doing. <laughs> I don't think I've used that one. Oh. But, <laughs> but I can decide to change my frame of mind by focusing on something else that's more positive. Thank you. Beautiful. Okay, so I thought I would share one of my values. And this is uh, taken from Luke 10, 27. And it says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. So this is a value of mine. I want to, I just, and, and there's, a, there's a big discrepancy here because, you know, this is, my, this is my value, this is what I want, and yet I can see how so often I'm, you know, not there, and so... I get this conflict going, but I don't lose that value. And, and so I want to love God with everything that I have. But, uh, and, and I think that one of the, one of the signs before Jesus comes is, can we love our neighbor the way that he loves? Can we, can we be Does that one? mean the person next door? Ah. <laughs> Does that only mean the person next door? Yeah, it means it means the person living in our homes. It means the the people in our church. It means people that are different from us. People that are different from us, from a different culture, from mm -hmm. a different background. Can we love others like Jesus loves them? Yeah, yeah. I don't. You know, I don't look at so much at at earthquakes or or you know, bad, all these bad things happening. I, I think it, to me, it's more, um, Je answering Jesus' prayer in John 17, that we would be one, like He and the Father are one. It says, then the world will know that you sent me. And to me, that's, that's the sign that I'm looking for. And so, and so I have this value, but I have a conflict because I have, been a very impatient person, highly impatient, out-of-control impatient type of a person. And so, um, and I didn't like that at all. And, and so I have thought about my strengths. What, what do I have in the way of strengths to help me um, submit my impatience and to get control over that, to get victory over that? And so one of my, one of my um, gifts one of my character strengths that I apply to this is gratitude because I am so grateful from so grateful for where God has taken me from and how he's protected me from myself you know what he has done in my life I'm so grateful that he accepts me and loves me just like I am and so I want to just pass that Blessing on to the next person. How does your strength of gratitude help you in the other, help you with other, developing other strengths? I think appreciating, you know, as far as in the area of health, being able to appreciate and be thankful for the, for the body that God has given us, given me, and this, in the health that I have, it makes me want to Make that health even greater. Build on that health. Make it stronger. And, and that, as I strengthen myself in that respect, 
I am motivated, I'm excited to, to make myself even stronger or to develop more of those strengths. So if, you, if a value is, you know, to, to have God first in your life, your spirituality, and you want your health to be better, you go, how does my health affect this upper value that I know is existent in my life? Being healthy, how can that enhance my family relationships that are just really high up there? And that really annies up your, the desire and the motivation to, to be stronger in another area. Okay, so we'll, this is all, we'll, we'll close on this. Unless you have any thoughts, any questions, comments? Do, can you see this connection? If, you're, if we're trying to help people achieve in their lives what is important to them, not what we think they should do. You know, we're not going to, we're not going to try to sell them. Now we're going to tell them what they need to do and then try to sell it on, sell them on it. We want to find out what they want. And so by connecting these things with inside of them, that's going to help them move forward. Their values, their strengths, and their environment. Shake your head. Are you awake? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we really want you to, you know, if you're not, if you're not, if it seems kind of abstract, we want to know that. No, I think you can only present God and his values the best that you're able to, and that God's got to do both. You can only present There's only so much that you can do, and God's spirit will fill in the gaps. He covers yes. your back. Mm -hmm. I think the fruits of the spirit are strengths. Fruits of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, long suffering, faith, self-control. What's the last one? Self-control. A bad value as in my pleasure. Yeah. Uh, there's a positive intent behind all of our choices. Somebody is seeking something positive, even if it looks like a negative thing. And so they're looking for someone to, I mean, in this case, it could be, I want someone to validate that I am here. You know, you said it was pleasure. You, it appears to be, it's all about me which is very typical of our society. And, and that's what we hear in the media. It is all about you. Um, it would take some sitting down and actually understanding, you know, what is the mindset? Asking the questions of what is it that brings you pleasure? And how, how does this affect your life? And, and um, being very curious about what makes a person tick. But as we know, we are selfish people, <laughs> naturally. And without God's spirit to convert us, uh, we tend to all go down that road of, it's all about me. I think that, that you said the key word is to turn our, our, and I'm not saying you're being judgmental, but turn our, our thoughts, our feelings of, of judgmentalism into curiosity to, to try to understand that person and just, you know, just... Ask them in, in a non-judgmental way. Ask them these questions. And some people don't want to change. And that's a whole piece of coaching is that there are some people who don't want to go from where they are to someplace else. And so it's picking the ripe fruit is part of the issue here as well, as we've heard in some of our other sessions. Is, um, well... Well, I don't, I don't know that I'm saying that, but I, what do you, tell me more about what you're, what you're trying to explain that people have bad values. Yeah, I want money. I want, you know, it's all about me. I mean, I, that is a, that is not a Christian value, but there are worldly values, you know, collect the, the toys. So, so say a person is, um, so 
so you're asking, so a coach, coaching is, is a person is making the choice to say, I am here and I want to move somewhere else. Yes, that is part of coaching. And some people will hire a coach to actually do that. And Joanne is a certified coach. So you could go to her and say, I want to change. But that some of the principles of coaching can be used in your foyer at church. It can be used at home by intentional listening to your spouse and your teenagers and asking questions that bring out and to be curious about what people are thinking instead of, I know what you're thinking and I know what you need and let me tell you what it is. Well, there, oh. there are ways, there, there are ways to work with an individual so that you can, um, clarify what the goal is. You don't work with somebody that says, I just want to lose weight. I mean, that's not the goal, really. The goal is I'm going to eat beans, you know, once a, once a day for the next week. And that is what's going to help me to reach wherever I am. So um, I would suggest that you just, if this is a topic of interest, that you you um, may be curious about uh, taking some more classes in it. We're not teaching people. When you leave here today, you are not a coach. You're not a certified coach. But you have learned some principles of... Uh, how to have a conversation that leads people and helps people feel listened to and, and actually experience a love experience that you care about them. So sometimes it is modifying those values. Yes. Um, when, uh, when you were doing the interview with us? When you, we were doing the um, practice sessions? Yeah. Um, there was a, a lady that I was working with, working in Pacinda, and I was saying I wanted this lady to coaching me and asking me what, uh, how do you want to lose weight, and, and I explained it. Uh huh. So you were working with her on how to reduce your weight, mm -hmm. and you found some ways of uh, mm -hmm. strategies that would be helpful, mm -hmm. and you felt thankful. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, are we going to? What are we going to next? No, okay. this is are, done. We're are done. you? We're done. Okay. Okay. One of the things that we had thought about covering today is a group experience, but I think we're just going to go through some of the questions um, of what would we ask in a group experience. So, did everyone get a yellow copy? Would you like to pass these out? The other is, if you would you fill out an evaluation, and this is an evaluation for any of the health programs that uh, you have been to this week. But in group coaching, um, if somebody could, you guys, somebody hit the panic button over there where it says panic. Uh, yeah, it turns on the light. Thank you. So in a group coaching experience, you can see, and, and you notice that as we would get together each day, I would ask these questions. So just to get to people talking when you first come in, uh, sometimes I'll, I'll ask people to, to say something to their neighbor. You know, tell your neighbor something exciting that happened this week. Or, you know, what is it that you'd like to learn from the class today so that you have some interaction among the people there? What's something that we can celebrate today? Um, so this is to get people thinking in a positive direction. If it's the second class, you're, you're doing a series and it's the second class, you may say something like, tell me about a success that, uh, that you've had this week. Usually my first class that I do is something about eating fiber, you know, eating more fiber and they set some goals. And so people will come back and they go, I ate more fiber and I didn't eat as much chocolate. You know, I ate more fiber and I, and I didn't um, drink as many sodas. I had more energy. And so you have this experience of people sharing what was successful for them. Sometimes obstacles will come up and uh, they'll go, you know, I got stuck. I'm having a problem. 
And if an obstacle comes up, um, then first clarifying um, what they said. Oh, I understand that it was very difficult for you to get up in time to have breakfast. You know, I didn't have a high-fiber breakfast. And so you would interact with that individual, and, and I would say to Ruth, you know, she'd say, you know, I had a hard time having breakfast this morning, uh, or I've had a hard time doing it. And I would go, something, this is the next question. What are some ideas that you have that might resolve this issue? What do you think you could do? And then maybe she doesn't have an idea. Maybe she does, maybe she doesn't. I'd go to the next one. Who, ha who here has been able to have uh, success in getting up and having breakfast every morning? Yeah, and I go, Donna, how do you do that? How is it that you are able to have breakfast every day? How do you make that work in your life? For you, it's just a habit. How did you start that habit? How did that habit get started? Did anybody here ever have a struggle getting up and eating breakfast, and now you're a good breakfast eater? Yeah. You're, you're working on it. Yeah, on the days that you're successful, what do you think helps you to be successful in actually eating that breakfast? So you're kind of looking into the day and going, I've got a long day. I better put some fuel in my body. So it's having a conversation in the morning with, with yourself of what does my day look like? And it's actually an organizational kind of thing. Yeah. I'm always asking myself in the morning, you know, when will my meals be? Because I have blood sugar issues and I have to eat on time. You know, and I'm, so I'm, I'm thinking, you know, what times am I going to eat? And when am I going to exercise? Notice the question. The question is not, am I? The question is, when do I fit in my walk today? Um, okay, would you be willing, okay, um, I, does anyone here have a thought on how to deal with this challenge? So those are some things you can use when people bring up obstacles. So let's pretend like we just, well, we did. We just had a presentation uh, that we, we were just kind of going over some things. So what was something new that you learned today as Joanne was sharing? Was there something new that you learned today? Anybody have anything new that they learned today? What is something new? Yes. Oh, about coaching yourself. Yeah, so that's something that you may consider doing. And what ideas came up for you that you could, you could actually put this into your life? Well, like with stress management, you could actually use some of these questions and ask yourself and be able to resolve some issues. Yeah. What is something that you heard during the presentation that you want to remember? And why would we ask these questions anyway? Because when you speak it, you start to believe it and remember it. So is there something in that uh, Joanne mentioned today that you just want to remember? You know, I kind of knew that, but I just want to remember. Or maybe it was something somebody else said. Something you'd like to remember. Mm. Mm, you're getting tired. What did you hear in the presentation that was true for you? Do these things make things start churning in your brain? These kind of questions? Yeah. Um, so I, I kind of, I think I've used some of these, uh, what's your view on this? Who has some thought about how to answer this question? So instead of me just saying, oh, this is a great way to do your breakfast. This is how you can do it. If you open it up to the group, uh, one of the prime one is people trying to get off a of soda, you know? And so I'll say, anybody here ever been hooked on soda and been able to overcome their addiction? And you've got a testimony. And when that testimony happens, it's going to be so much more effective than you just saying, you know, it's really bad for you to be drinking soda. You know, and you just better quit. But when somebody gives their story, it makes all the difference. 
So at the end of the session, you know, what insight will you take away from this meeting? How will you apply what you've learned from this meeting? What is one helpful habit that you would like to concentrate on? I use this one all the time. And many times I'll just have people share with the person next to them. I'll say, okay, uh, share with the person next to you what your one healthy habit will be this week. So they share with each other. And so you take a few minutes to do that. And then the group comes back together and I'll say, is there anybody here that would like to share what their one healthful habit is? What do you think their health habits are going to be? What are they going to be saying? I'm going to eat less sugar. Or I'm going to drink more water is, is a more positive one. I'm going to exercise. I'm going to get to bed on time. No matter what the presentation is that I do, you get, you get four or five different things that the whole group is thinking about. Because that's what we struggle with. Getting to bed on time, drinking enough water, getting enough fiber, having some good relationships in our life, exercising, exercising. yeah. And if I tell somebody next to me, then it makes it a lot more likely that I'm actually going to do it. And on a one-on-one, -on -one, that those SMART goals that we've um, talked about, um, so one of the goals that I was going to talk to him. May I talk to you just a minute? What's your name? Ned? Nick. Okay. So how many, um, how many days a week do you think you're eating breakfast? Um, I would say probably four. I practice Uh-huh. So about four. What would be a good goal for you that you would feel good about that you think is healthy for you? How many days a week would be healthy for you? Every day. Every day. I know that it's possible. It's just making Why, why, what, what makes eating breakfast important to you? Because I know more metabolism and it helps me to avoid You're around food all day. So when you eat breakfast, you're making better choices at work. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. So what would make you feel better is if you would make this a priority every day. Are there, is there a way to, to structure your environment to help you to be more consistent in eating breakfast? Are there things that you do, can do, that would make it more consistent for you. What are some of those things? Uh huh. So there are days that you actually do that, but you want to be more consistent in doing that. Uh huh. Uh -huh. So you can take someone in the audience, and as you talk to that one person, that is helpful for a lot of other people who may be having those same issues. And thank you very much for sharing that with us. But you don't, you don't want to make, if, if people are feeling uncomfortable, you certainly don't want to put them on the spot. But they say, I want to exercise. And I'll go, well, what time of the day do you think would work into your life to exercise? In the afternoon. Would you be exercising by yourself or with a friend or? <coughs> I would like it with a friend, but I don't have somebody that wants to do that. So you would really appreciate having some company, but you don't have anybody right now. So, are, so what do you think would help you to be more motivated to actually get out and, and exercise at 3 in the morning? So uh, 3 in the morning, 3 in the afternoon. <laughs> so you kind of get the gist of where that's going. Uh, on the back page, I, I love this uh, comment, and we're out of time. It says, until one is committed, there is hesitancy, the chance to draw back. Concerning all acts of initiative, the moment one definitely commits oneself, 
then providence, or God, moves. All sorts of things occur to help that one that would never otherwise have occurred. A whole stream of events issue from the decision, raising all manner of unforeseen incidences and meetings and material assistance, which no man could have dreamed would come his way. That's William Murray. And just by making an intention and saying, I want to go forward, I want to learn more about coaching, then things, you're going to start to notice stuff. Just like when you decide to buy a new car, you notice all the new cars on the road and you hadn't noticed them before. So you're going to be running into people, reading articles, and God is going to open up amazing doors for you. We do have a few of the resources. Uh, you know how to contact us if, uh, if you want more information. We are planning on starting a group. Uh, who would like to continue doing this on uh, every other month, get together uh, maybe on a um, conference call. So if that's something you'd like to do, we'll have you sign a sheet before you leave. Uh, please fill out one of these evaluations before you go. And make sure that you check out uh, John's um, display in the back on how healthy are you. Heavenly Father, thank you for our time here today. Thank you for the um, where you have brought us. You have brought us this far. You have called us to be um, to to reflect your character, and we are asking that you would continue to work in our lives and that you would um, uh, orchestrate events so that we can learn and practice and implement these strategies that you have so perfectly demonstrated to us during your life here. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's Word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.